Hello everyone, this is Rob McDougall from Zank Financial here today with your weekly economic update. Today is August 7th, 2023. So before hitting the economic data points that we saw last week, which we'll go through in a moment, first talk a little bit about S&P earnings. So we're now near the end of the cycle for second quarter earnings. We have 84% of the S&P companies have reported earnings for the second quarter and it's actually much better than expected or feared, I would say. So, so far, out of that 84%, 79% have beat earnings expectation. That's above both the five-year and the 10-year averages. So, if we were to end the quarter right now, S&P earnings would be down 5.2% versus last year, which is not great, but clearly better than the expectations coming into the quarter, which were roughly for a negative 7.5%. So when we look ahead for S&P earnings, and this is going to be critical, the expectation is S&P earnings should be roughly flat or up just a little bit in the third quarter, year over year versus last year. And then there's an expectation of an uptick in the fourth quarter of 7.6%, which for the full year would leave S&P earnings up just slightly over 2022. So it is really critical with where we're at in the cycle, this business cycle, to see S&P earnings start to rebound and increase as valuation now it's not in critical levels but it is higher than average it's 19.2 times forward earnings so that's above the five-year average which is 18.6 and the 10-year average is 17.4 so uh, it will be very important we'll keep a close eye on it but corporate earnings are going to be very key for the equity market to work throughout the end of this year So secondly, last week, uh, the other big event besides corporate earnings, Fitch's downgrade of U.S. debt from the coveted AAA down to AA+. So this um, didn't have that big of an impact. There was a follow-through the next day. But obviously, this is not great having one of the major um, rating agencies downgrade U.S. debt. Um, I Personally, I'll be a lot more concerned if S&P or Moody's uh, ends up doing a downgrade, which they may well do now since Fitch has broken the ice and set that precedent. So it may happen, but Fitch is not nearly as well-respected, in my opinion, as S&P or Moody's. So, um, so it's not ideal. It's not great, but it's not earth-shattering. But I think there is a potential positive spin on this in that our spending – at the government level, clearly too high, unsustainable, no doubt about it. We're spending 6% of GDP in excess of what we're taking in for tax rolls. You can't do that forever. Uh, we just took a look at it today, so just went back 10 years. Federal debt has gone up from just over $16 trillion now to up 31.4, 31.5, so a, a doubling in 10 years unsustainable clearly and it's so uh, i'm hoping that this downgrade does maybe make some future spending programs um off limits i would hope so hopefully it does modify government spending in the short term so in terms of economic news last week we had four uh, data points that we were monitoring Uh, ism manufacturing was on tuesday Uh, And that came in uh, slightly uh, worse than expected. So it came in at 46.4. Expectation was 46.8. For both the ISM manufacturing and ISM non-manufacturing or service component, 
It's the same scale system. Uh, 50, uh, 50% means no change. Uh, above 50 means expansion. Below 50, contraction. The worse, more, uh, the worse, the lower, the worse. The higher, the better. Uh, so the ISM manufacturing came in at 46.4. That is the ninth consecutive month below 50. So I don't think there's any doubt about it. U.S. economy is doing well, but manufacturing is in a recession. A slump, recession, call it what you will, nine consecutive months of below 50 readings on manufacturing. So where are we making up? Obviously, service, travel, leisure. So the ISM manufacturing came out on Thursday. It was expected to come in at 53. It came in at 52.7. That has been consistently above 50. 52.7 is actually one of the lower marks. Uh, but that has really kept the economy going at this point. Manufacturing, again, definitely in a slump. Lastly, uh, Friday last week, we had non-farm payrolls and average hourly earnings. Non-farm payrolls, that is slowing. So it came in, it was expected to come in at 200,000 new jobs. It came in at 187, not a huge miss, but lower than expected. And uh, I took a look at the last year. The rolling 12-month average is 200, roughly 280,000 jobs monthly that have been added. So this is the second month in a row where we've been around 180,000. So clearly, we are also seeing some slowing here on the labor front, which is actually welcome given the wage, imp- wage inflation that we've seen. So uh, as long as we're adding some jobs, that's good. Um, a high number would actually be bad, I think, for the stock market. Lastly, average hourly earnings last week, expectation was 0.3% month over month. It came in at 0.4. It's just a one data point. Um, I'd actually rather have that lower. What we're really focused on is economic expansion, modest economic expansion, but continued improvement in inflation. So average hour earnings cuts both ways. Obviously, the consumer has more money to spend, but if they have more money to spend, it gives you inflationary pressure. So Came in at 0.4, beat the 0.3, so not a big deal, but we'd rather see that a little bit lower. So uh, also last week, the Atlanta Federal Reserve, we watched their GDP expectation. Uh, They've been really, really good over the last year. Last four quarters, they have nailed them. They've been very close. Their expectation for third quarter estimate has now risen. It's now 3.9% GDP growth. Last week, it was at 3.5, so they keep bringing it up. So it is clear, U.S. economy, I know a lot of discussion earlier this year, definitely going to hit a recession mid-year. It's definitely not happening. And if we do hit a 3.9% GDP growth in the third quarter, it's going to take an awful lot for us to hit a recessionary period off that strength. So also uh, on the FOMC, the Federal Open Market Committee and expectations for rate increases, uh, I think it's pretty much uh, investors are very much expecting we're definitely near the end of the tightening. In fact, there is a meeting here at the end of uh, coming up September 20th. The expectation, 86% odds built into the Fed Fund's future market that we won't have any change. Uh, So we'll be at the current 5.25 to 5.5% percent range. Then if we take a look at expectations for year end, 71% of no change or actually a decrease, a 25 basis point decrease. So 71% odds, 
that we're no worse off than we are right now at that 525 to 550 range. So last week, I would say the economic activity that we saw was fine. The earnings releases that we saw were pretty good. I'd say pretty good. Uh, but the equity markets definitely responded negatively, and most of that did come after the Fitch downgrade. So last week, S&P 500 was down 2.3%, let's call it. And what really got hurt is what's worked so well year-to-date, and that's been large-cap growth in, in particular tech companies. So last week, NASDAQ down about 2.9%. Growth companies in the U.S. down 2.8%, and large-cap down 2.3%. So both small cap and value held in much better last week. Both of those indexes were down about 1.5%. So last week, uh, the um, world markets, XUS, MSCI World, XUS, pretty much in line with the S&P 500. Again, S&P down 2.3%. The MSCI XU, World, XUS, uh, was down 2.4%, and actually China outperformed, uh, only down 1.1%. So lastly, last week, in terms of how markets responded, clearly the bond market was uh, not enthralled with that uh, Fitch's downgrade. Uh, so the Bloomberg U.S. Aggregate Bond Index dropped 60 basis points. And now year-to-date, that bond index, which was up over 3%, maybe approaching 4 earlier this year, uh, is now only up 1.3% on a year-to-date basis. So let's take a look at this week and what we have. This week, we have five economic data points that we're watching. Four of them are inflation. So on Thursday, we're going to get CPI and CPI core. And then on Friday, we're going to get PPI and core PPI. And lastly, the fifth out of the five, we will get the University of Michigan consumer sentiment. So for CPI and core CPI, again, coming out on Thursday, the expectation is a month-over-month increase of 0.2%, which is in line with what we had the month before at 0.2%. Then on Friday, as we get the PPI and core PPI, the expectation is the same, a positive 0.2 for core and PPI. The prior month, though, was 0.1. And here's, uh, I might have mentioned it last week, maybe two weeks ago, but inflation improvement has been pretty significant. It's come down roughly at the pace that it went up. And so we're pleased to see how inflation has reacted and coming down. But at some point, we're going to see a negative surprise on the inflation front. I'm not calling for it this month or next month. But the fact that oil prices have risen, you've noticed it at the pump, that flows through. It's the same argument we had back in 2020 when inflation really started to take off. Um, so oil started off, so not sending alarm signals here, simply saying would not be surprised to see any of these four metrics this month or next month have a negative surprise. So last uh, point, data point, again, the University of Michigan consumer sentiment. It, this has had a huge run from just a couple of months ago. It's down to 59, and uh, last month came in at 71.6. So this reading for August is expected to come down just a little bit, again, from that 71.6 level down to 70.9. But in total, when you look at the chart, it's pretty impressive. Again, in May, we're at 59.2, June, 64.4, and then last month at 71.6. So consumer sentiment is strong. So we'll wrap it up here. Thank you very much for your attendance, and we hope to see you next week. Thank you.